Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, NFL draftniks, fantasy footballers, geeks, geezers, skeezers, weirdos, we come here to unite. This is Roster Watch. This is Quentin Copos, and this is Roster Watch. Hey, this is Kirk Cousins live at the Senior Bowl with Roster Watch. This is Melvin Ingram, and we're at the Senior Bowl listening to Roster Watch. This is Jack Del Rio, and this is Roster Watch on ESPN Radio, Austin. Hey, this is Chris Polky listening to Roster Watch on ESPN Radio, Austin. Hey, this is Brandon Whedon, and you're watching Roster Watch. I am here with the very talented Mr. Isaiah Pete, uh, Big East Offensive Player of the Year. I'm here with Vic Carucci, Senior Editor, Cleveland Browns. I am here with Boise State running back Doug Martin. This is Rick Spielman, General Manager of the Minnesota Vikings, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap. As always, joined by my co-captain, Byron Lambert. On the horn with us tonight, Mike Loiko, NEPatriotsDraft.com. This is Roster Watch, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. And this is part two, numero dos, el segundo, wide receiver talk, the flashiest, the Ferraris, the Corvettes, the guys who we love to see on the football field on Sundays. This is such a deep draft class in 2012 that we can only get through about six or seven of these guys in the first part. I'm going to hand it over to Captain Ron, and we're going to go rapid fire from the starboard section of this ship and start talking about some of these guys that might start coming off the board second round, third round, fourth round. A lot of these guys, I'll bet you the one guy that we talk about out of this group will creep up into the possibly late first round or early second. Passengers, sailors... (laughs) Pirates and fans, this is the NFL Draft, and we're about to go rapid fire on the wide receiver value coming up in just a couple of weeks. Let's get started right now. I want you guys to just throw out a couple quick thoughts on every one of these guys as we go down the list. Brian Quick, Appalachian State, a guy we got to meet and interview in Alabama. What do you guys think? I'll say Brian Quick. The first thing that I'll say is that he comes from a small school. He's a freakish athletic talent. If you want to watch a guy that makes circus catch after circus catch, uh, it's what he does. Uh, Appalachian State, as far as the video that they provide, they are nice about providing video, but it doesn't always show every single route that he can possibly run. Uh, It seems like he's got some route running work to do. He's a little bit raw. Do like his hands. Do like his athletic freakishness. Mike, what do you think? Um, he's somebody that's best football that had him. He's only played football for about five years. He's a big, fast, um, still developing wide receiver. He's getting better and better. If you want to see his best game, turn on the Virginia Tech film. Um, Master some very good defensive backs and just, you know, had his way with them. He can run by almost any DB. Deceptive speed, strong hands. Um, you know, he's, if he came from a big school, we'd be talking about him in the first round for sure. Probably a second-round pick. See, you feel like Brian Quick, we're, we're looking second, like mid-second, late second? Yeah, I can see him go anywhere from early second to late second round. See, that's where he's going to go most likely. He's very physically imposing. He's got a lot of upside. That'll be an interesting pick. Mike, a guy you really love. Time to fire away, buddy. A.J. Jenkins, Illinois. 
Hitch Jenkins has moved, you know, he's been moving on my board. He's, you know, he's in the mid-teens now. There's just so many receivers in this draft. Um, you can play inside receiver, outside receiver. Um, he uses deception really well. He's changes up speeds like we talked about with some of the other guys um, at the top of the draft. Strong hands. He ran a really good time, sub 4-4. Four, four. Um, had a great year at Illinois this last year, and, you know, he's consistently rising up draft boards, all-around game. Um, he could be a real sleeper pick for an NFL team in the third round, fourth round area. Is he a guy that kind of reminds you a little bit of maybe like a like a uh, like a USC Steve Smith Steve, Steve Smith New York Giants uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Um, I, I think he's much more athletic than that. He runs uh, much better than that. Uh, than that. Steve Smith, you know, he was a more possession type receiver. I can see AJ Jenkins. He can stretch the field vertically, but he also can be. Um, you know, the slot, over the middle, one those quick route type wide receiver. He's a real versatile guy. I know a lot of teams like him and value him really highly. A quick route wide receiver that actually has his uh, pro day coming up in just a few days, a personal pro day. It's a big one. We broke the story if you on rosterwatch.com is Ryan Broyles out of OU. Yeah, who's a guy who we've loved, we've seen be constantly productive during college. I feel like him and uh, Greg Childs were the two players that were most impacted by by injury as far as the way that their draft stock was affected. Uh, both of these guys were guys that were considered to you know be among the people we would be talking about as uh, some of the best. And so Royals, uh, you know, Royals is the kind of guy he's a, you know a little bit little bit smaller wide receiver, but uh, it's very good, very good, very efficient, very tough. Byron's had the opportunity. You've, you've spoken with his agent. How's everything going? With the he, he had the he had the injury, obviously, but he was running on the torn ACL back in January. Uh, yeah, he was. He ran like a four seven forty, and I believe late January, and he's expecting to post somewhere in the four fives. At least that's what he's hoping for here on his April twelfth pro day. He's obviously still got issues with lateral movement and agility. I mean, he's just what four months removed from. ACL surgery, but he's he's working hard, and uh, we just know firsthand from again being being witnesses to the Big Twelve on a regular <laughs> basis that you know we've got we've gotten the tail end of 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 Ryan Broyles a few times. That guy's pretty darn good, and ACL or not, uh, it's going to hurt his production maybe in year one. But you know, with these guys, when they, when this injury happens young, they tend to recover very very well and go on to have productive careers. A lot of guys have torn ACLs in college that you never even knew about coming the, into into the NFL and have great careers. Right. So, uh, you know, Broyles is somebody we're definitely very high on. We think somebody's going to get a great value pick. If you can afford to have him develop for a year and heal, he would be a terrific addition and a sneaky pick for any team. What are your thoughts on Broyles, Mike? Is some team going to get a steal out of this because he's falling down boards? I'm seeing him go in mock drafts and – you know, sometimes the some sometimes middle of the third, into the third round. Where uh, what do you see out of Broyles, and where do you see him eventually going? Yeah, I don't think there's any way he goes in the third round. Not not in this receiver class. There's just too many wide receivers that are going to be fully healthy. And you know, the thing with Broyles is I don't know. I'm not sure how fast he really is, even if he's fully healthy. The ACL is definitely a concern. Um, I know he's doing his pro day, but he's not going to be fully healthy for it, so I'm not sure what good it's going to do. The medicals and the checkups on his progress are probably going to be more valuable to teams. 
Um, when he's healthy, I see an outside possession wide receiver and not somebody that's necessarily going to stretch the field. But he's going to operate in the mid, uh, you know, 15, 25 yard range. He's got pretty short hands. He can run a bunch of different routes. And he's just a reliable wide receiver. Uh, he probably won't ever be a number one. You're looking at a number two as a ceiling, a number three, probably as likely as a number three receiver. But a reliable guy, good hands, possession type receiver, a guy that you can go to, you know, feel comfortable putting out there on the field. I think he's Mike. I think he's got upside for more than a number three wide receiver. When you watch the Do guy, I agree. I don't think he's super super fast, but he's very quick in space. Uh, he's tenacious with the ball. He's a good catcher of the football. He's a master of body positioning. Like Alex said, he's a threat off the the instant he comes off the line. I like him a lot. I mean, I I don't think he's a number one ever. But and I think he probably is more of a slot or inside guy, even though he can play outside. Uh, but I think he is a very legitimate number two for some team. You could see him being maybe you could see him maybe being a rich man's Harry, like Harry Harry Douglas type of player. I can uh, I can see him being a compliment to a team who has a physically dominant number one, and he he can come in and really accent that. The guy I don't care if it's a spread offense or not that runs a play every seven seconds like Mike D'Antoni's New York Knicks. But he, the guy had 130 receptions two years ago. He's a reception hog. That's unbelievable. And he was on pace for 110 before he got hurt last year. And he consistently scores 14, 15 touchdowns a year. And I don't know if he'll be able to do this one after the injury or if teams will be interested, but he can return Let me me throw something out there with Ryan Burles. I I thought about this a lot before he was injured actually watching him. I think he'd be a perfect fit for a team like the Patriots. You know, they don't necessarily need, you know, those game-breaking speed guys. They like kind of like those possession guys that are smart, run a lot of good routes. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Brandon, uh, Brandon Lloyd almost with his body type, his build. Um, I, I think Broyles is a really reliable receiver. I think there's a lot of things you can do with him. It's almost going to have to be a redshirt year. If you, if you want to compare Broyles to somebody, a guy that, you know, kind of a comparable player to him, Boyle is much more productive in college, but Brandon Tate, the North Carolina receiver, um, coming out in 2009, he tore his ACL a little earlier than Brandon uh, than Ryan Broyles did, and he ended up getting drafted by the Patriots in the middle of the third round. As he was one of the best kick returners in college football history, and they liked his upside as a wide receiver. So I could see Broyles slip it into the late round two. But I think that's a decent comp just coming off the injury because they're both highly rated receivers before the injury. Um, Burroughs is definitely an ultra-productive guy. I, I really like his hands. I like his route running. I like how he you know, catches a lot of screens and turns them into something. Um, I can see him being a number two. I'm just saying you know, I think it's much more likely that it's a safe bet to say he'll be at number three at the worst, I guess I was trying to say. Definitely number two upside. And, you know, a team like the Patriots where they spin the ball around, I think that's a decent fit. Or a team like the Packers, something like that. The Patriots love to take those injured players and just wait a year for them. They'd have no problem doing that in round four. It's funny you say that, Mike, because he's actually been speaking to Welker about his knee rehabilitation. And and he actually is somewhat Welkerish in his style. Another team just personally that I've thought about I think would be awesome if they drafted him is if, 
Maybe if the Rams took Justin Blackman in that first, in that top ten picks there in that first round, maybe they could come back around and get a like a guy like Broyles in the third, fourth. Yeah, round. that that wouldn't hey, be bad. They just, have a lot of receivers. They, that will be the all ball. Oklahoma connection. Yeah, but they've already but they've already wasted in this last couple of years. Mike would know, but didn't last year they didn't they take a couple butt like Sal? Yeah, they took Austin Pettis from Boise State and Greg Sloan. Yeah, but Sam Bradford Hawaii. played with so Ryan I think Broyles. I think they take their big player receiver either in round one or two, and then focus on other areas. I'm just saying that would instantly change their receiving. No, situation. yeah, I think it's a good connection, especially Brad for knows it. I, I think Royals, if he's healthy, is a steal. Okay, let's get on. We professed our love for Ryan Broyles, uh, a Senior Bowl stud, uh, one of our Senior Bowl, um, you know, one of our Senior Bowl favorites, Marvin McNutt. Marvin McNutt, we love him. A St. Louis kid, former quarterback. Uh, former baseball player, you know, big old, big old hands. He's the kind of guy, whenever you meet him, his hand just engulfs yours. Um, you know, he was one of the he was one of the Senior Bowl standouts. Mike was there. It was, it's, it was pretty hard to ignore how often he was actually involved in plays, whether or not you considered him a real physical specimen. That's another thing, but... He he does he does seem to be a a, a very productive player, um, Mike. You got thoughts on Marvin McNutt? He he seems to be another one of these guys where this value in this draft is falling between the middle of the second. He is a value the, wide receiver, yeah, big, toward, big towards body, the middle of the fourth. Reliable guy. We liked his personality. What Mike? What's your what's your uh, what what note what notes do you have on McNutt? Yeah, McKnight, he's a smart wide receiver, former quarterback. You know, he understands coverages and how to get open. He's a big play wide receiver. He made a ton of big plays for um, the Iowa Hawkeyes throughout his career. Um, he's another guy, you know, I'm thinking of a, a third-round pick. He ran 4-4 at the combine. He definitely does not play with a 4-4 speed. He's more of like a 4-5, 4-6 type guy. But... In the third round, he's a big outside wide receiver who has a knack for making big plays, and a team could get a steal with him, um, but he doesn't run as fast as he's timed. All right, let's. It's time to crank this rapid fire up a little bit. We got we got a lot of guys to cover here. <laughs> another uh, another wide receiver that I actually not necessarily similar in style, but I think answered some of the same Alshon Jeffrey questions by coming in with his le- a legitimate weight and a legitimate forty time. Is Nick Toon? You know, I've seen some of his highlights. I haven't gotten to watch as much of him as quite as I'd like to. What, guys, why is why is Toon not getting a little more acclaim than he is? He's a pretty big guy with you know relatively decent bloodlines, and he was he was a good player uh, Rel- for Wisconsin. Relatively decent. Hey, Al Toon's a great bloodline, and and no Jerry I, I, Rice. I think he's no Jerry Rice, but I, I think a lot of this has had to do with uh, I, I had the opportunity to. Speak with uh, you know people close to close to Nick Toon within his representation. He's been dealing with uh, plantar fascia that's been uh, that kept him from participating in the Senior Bowl, and um, it was something he was just kind of recovering from as he came into the combine. As far as his production on the field, to me, he looks the part. He's a real slender wide receiver. Uh, seems to be a guy who can high point the ball whenever he wants to. Not sure about his ability to separate. Not sure about his outright uh, speed on the football field. Mike, what have you noticed uh, about Nick Toon, uh, the wide receiver out of Wisconsin? 
Yeah, the big thing, like you brought up, it's the injury thing. He hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his college career. Um, that's the main thing with him. He's never going to be a number one. He's not ultra fast. Um, at six foot two and a half, about 200 pounds, he's tall and slender. Um, you know, the good bloodlines. He's a possession type receiver, too. I'm not sure how many people he's going to be able to run by. But he works the middle of the field well, and he's another reliable wide receiver, around three or four. It's going to be loaded with this type of receiver. Let's get to two guys who both have really awesome names. T.Y. Hilton. (laughs) Mike, is it like staying in the Hilton if you draft this guy? (laughs) Yeah, he's an exciting player, that's for sure. He probably... Um, he's probably one of the most explosive or, you know, he makes the most people miss at any receiver. He's really, really skinny and wiry. He's really quick. Um, he ran a 4-3-6 at his pro day. He's a possession-type receiver, too. He gets a ton of reverses, and he catches the ball all over the field and can just take off with it with, in his hands. He's a kick returner, punt returner. He did it all for Florida International. He's a guy that I could see going in the second round if a team really likes him. Um, he needs to gain a little bit of weight because he's weighing in around 176 pounds. But he is an exciting player who can make you miss. And if he gets in the open field, watch out. Another uh, player from Florida with another really cool name is Tommy Streeter. <laughs> I want to know what the book on this guy is because he sounds fast. A lot of people talk about Tommy Streeter and they talk about his speed and the, he's one of these guys that might be the fastest guy, the most the 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 guy he he might be a little bit raw, but he might be the fastest guy that you could possibly be able to draft at the wide receiver position at that point in time uh with any sort of reputable background. Mike, what what's your what's your book on Streeter? He's a, he's really really raw, really big. He's the biggest receiver in the draft, almost six foot five. Um, he's going to take some time. He hasn't run a lot of routes. Um, you know, he's that typical University of Miami speed kills guy. That's really raw. Going to take some time. He only had one big year of production at University of Miami, and it really wasn't even that productive. Probably could have used another year or two uh, in college. But somebody's going to fall in love with that size and speed, and, you know, you could get a stud or you could get a bust to go either way with him. Real quick, here's my question because I'm looking at his measurables and I'm listening to what y'all are talking about. He sounds very Stephen Hillish to me. Why such a difference in their draft stock? That's a pretty good question. Um, I just think, you know, I just don't think Tommy, I think that he's a little bit more projectable. I think his hands are a little bit better. Neither of them ran many routes. I just think Tommy Shooter's really unpolished, and I think he's going to take a little bit more time than Stephen Hill. Well, yeah, yeah. Al Davis in me says, yeah, hey, well, that, the light is that's green, what I, drive that's right what I was, through it. That's what I was thinking. When, whenever Loiko said some team's going to fall in love with that size and that speed, I, I thought, well, well, thank goodness that out. Thank goodness, rest in peace, Al, Al Davison around because that'll leave some other team to take him a, a whole round or two later. Okay, size he does not have, speed he does have on film. It's been a little questionable in the offseason uh, drills and, and evaluations. But Joe Adams from Arkansas, another guy that I Woo. personally believe is like a Ferrari on tape and 
Somebody now is going to get a sick value pick with Joe Adams. If you plug him in as a number three-ish slot receiver on a team who's My already goodness. prolific, it's going to be disgusting and very scary. Yeah, and, and he, the deal with Joe Adams is that he plays... I know we say this, he plays bigger, he plays faster, but there honestly is something to it. He plays faster than he is. He plays like a guy that runs a 4 3 5 40. You know, he, he's he in the kick return game, in the in the screen game, in the little hitch route game. He's not only sure-handed, but he just seems to will himself to be productive. He gets in spots. He was one of these guys like you go to the senior bowl and you're really eyeing a guy like a Dwight Jones because what he has measurably, and you want to see what he does. And then you see him run routes and like act like he doesn't care, you know? And then you see Joe Adams get in there, get thrown the ball, his first play of the actual Senior Bowl game, fumble, come back. If the South would have won that game, he would have been the MVP, 138 passing yards. I mean... It's it, the guy's unbelievable. He's fast. He's a jitterbug. For a while, before all the measurable stuff came out bad at both the combine and the pro day with his forty time running stuff like in the four fives and four sixes, I had him as right there rivaling Kendall Wright as my number three. Yeah, I, 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 me, you know, me as well. And and, and, and I, I mean, how far off should you really have him because of this? I don't know, Mike. What's you? I mean, do you do you feel like the do you feel like Joe Adams, uh, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, is, is still somebody who teams are going to be considering? Maybe second round, late second round, maybe a team that that, that covets a, a a valuable kick returner. What are the concerns here, and what do you and where do you see the upside? Yeah, I think a team should take him in the late second round. I haven't, and he's the seventh ranked receiver on my board, right behind Alshon Jeffrey, um, SEC special teamer of the year. He he's a player that if you're at the Senior Bowl, you just you know you really value him. He was the best wide receiver down there by far. By far. Um, he can adjust to the ball in the air, catches the ball well in tight spaces. Slot type receiver, but he can play outside. Um, goes up and gets it, tracks the ball well, can separate, um, deadly punt returner. He had a real good uh, connection with Brandon Whedon. Uh, really good kid, Mr. This, Mr. That, yes, sir. Um, raised really well. His mother was, a, I believe, a police officer a police officer or corrections officer. So he's a great kid. I have no doubt that he will make an impact in the league, whether it's that wide receiver or a return. And... He plays faster than he's timed. You know, he ran a four four four, and officially at the combine, I think they adjusted to like a four five one. But he plays faster than that, and he's a he's a quick receiver. He can make you miss. All right, guys, I want one sentence each on the rest of these guys right here. Dwight Jones, North Carolina, lackadaisical, has definite potential. Um. He's a bust. He's devastated his draft stock and borderline undraftable for me. Jeff Fuller, Texas A&M. Wasn't healthy all season. Uh, actually broke that news to rosterwatch.com as a footnote within my one sentence. And it, and, 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 and is a guy who can, when he can catch the ball, high point the ball. Yeah, his hands are terrible. Um, not fast. Really, really shy. It's almost like I'm not sure what it is. He just, he's not good. Keyshawn Martin, Michigan State. 
one of the guys at the combine who jumped off, just jumped off the map for me. Uh, a guy who I had watched very little film on previously, but one of the guys that I rated as my fourth best hands catcher at the combine. Yeah, he's fast. He was the play, you know, he was the big playmaker at Michigan State. They had some other wide receivers, BJ Cunningham. He was the go-to guy in big situations. He uh, he's a burner. He had some big drops. His hands need to get better, but he does catch with his hands. He can impact special teams as well. And a fourth, late fourth, fifth round guy, that's just that could be a steal. Okay, well, another guy that I, I feel like had a pretty good pro day in uh... – you can maybe put a little bit in the Joe Adams category. Actually, outperformed him is his brethren from Arkansas, Jarius Wright. Mike? Yeah, Jarius Wright's a slot receiver only. Adams can play both. Um, Wright ultra quick. He can stretch the field, the uh, seam. He can run by guys. He's not your true slot like Wes Welker. He can go deep. Um, really good hands, really good body control. I think he's going to go much higher than people think. I think he goes third round. Pretty good. Might be the best slot receiver in the draft. Is he better than Adams? Um, there are different types of receivers. I'd rather have Adams because he can do more things. But I have Adams 7 on my board and Jerry's right to 11. My goodness, and Pig Suey, they're like, as long as we're talking about it. Mm. But Greg, Greg Childs is another guy who I think I love a lot more than a lot of folks. I put him up there in AJ Jenkins territory, and I think, I think we talked about him in the first uh, in the first broadcast. A guy who the uh, you know who had a had a terrible time with an Achilles injury is just now coming back, but a guy who you should keep an eye on. He's a burner. He's got prototypical size, and and somebody who teams definitely have their eyes on. Let's talk about a guy that I love, and that's Marvin Jones. Hey, how can you not love Marvin Jones? He's a guy who during this whole draft process. We've gotten to know so well. I will say this. Good kid, smart kid, and productive, productive, productive. Yeah, Marvin Jones is a great kid. He's got really good hands, smooth route runner. Um, his ceiling's definitely not as high as some of these other guys. Um, probably number three receiver. He can come in and help right away. Great kid. Already a father. Really soft-spoken. Um he just doesn't have the feeling of some of these other guys. He's got really good hands, and he can run really nice routes. And let's preface this now by saying we're generally kind of talking now guys who are going to be going late, mid to late third. I would say this is fourth, 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 fifth round territory now. And I think somebody will get a nice number three wide receiver out of Marvin Jones, upside for a low-end number two. I think these are the types of receivers we're talking about at this point. But the depth is unbelievable. These guys are all playmakers they're and seem like very, I can't, very quality I just can't believe that we're still talking about these wide receivers. A guy that still... we missed, too, that we didn't even talk about that's going to go much higher than some of these guys that we've already talked about is Chris Gibbons from uh, Wake Forest. Oh, He's right, Gibbons. He's outside guy, stretch the field. He came out as a junior. He's going to go probably in the late second round. He's a Drew Rosenhaus guy, and you know, Drew Rosenhaus will maximize his stock, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Well, and then what about uh, a guy, talk about stock, a guy who's stock, who I think just fell through the floor is Marquise Mays from Alabama. Well, yeah, He's yeah, looked terrible the, at every every turn. And the, and, the, and the rumor was the senior bowl. We're not the one to report this rumor. I will report that I heard this rumor, though is whenever he left the Senior Bowl, that was his agent's decision. 
Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what that was, whether there was an injury, anything going on there. We're talking about Marquise Mays, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Mike, what's your book on Marquise Mays? Well, Mays got hurt in the national championship game, so I'm a little surprised he even played in the senior bowl. The book on Mays, you know, before all this happened, was he was a great leader and teammate in Alabama. He was really standoffish throughout the senior bowl process. You know, he really wouldn't do interviews, and, you know, he looked pretty awful at times. He really hurt himself the combine, dropping a lot of balls. I think this whole thing just snowballed. I think he probably goes in the seventh round, and I don't think he's as bad as he's made himself out to be. Man. I just don't think he's ever been healthy throughout this whole process, and he's just kind of got frustrated with himself. A second rounder to a seventh rounder. He, he hasn't looked good. Yeah. He has not looked good, and he's very smallish. Two last guys that I I liked both at, at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, no, Mike and I have differing opinions on Jerron Kreiner. Maybe it's the Nick Foles connection that made him look so good, and if so, maybe that's a terrible indictment because we are not fans of Nick Foles. Um, and then also Devere Posey. Uh, my comment on him is he, he has a terrific first step, and he's a pretty good catcher of the, of the football. Guys, what do you all think about those two gentlemen? Well, I'll say, I'll say this much. I am a fan of Nick Foles as a, as a dude and as a, and as a fellow Westlake chaparral. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be on Team Foles. But, yeah, as far as Kreiner, he's a guy that came into the Senior Bowl, made a whole lot of waves, was very productive, ran good routes, was not a good hand catcher, caught caught the ball with his body almost every single time, but got got very involved. Uh, as far as Devere Posey, what I see out of him is I don't think that there is one receiver in this draft who is faster out of the catch than he is as far as his acceleration into his yards after catch. Mike, uh, what, are your, what are your opinions? Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree 100% with Posey. He gets the ball and turns up field almost instantaneously. Kreiner, he doesn't catch with his hands at all. He lacks focus. He drops some balls. Can't separate as well. I think he's more a product of the system in Arizona. I don't know how good he's going to be in the pros. He's one of those big receivers that doesn't run overly well. He, you know, he's times better than I thought, but he scares me. I wouldn't take him before the fourth, late fourth. Well, fellas, that's rapid fire. We blew it up. We blew it up. We, we have been doing it. We've been shooting off cannons. We've been rapid firing everything there is to do from the side of this ship, the starboard side of this ship, the side that faces the sun, and you always wake up on the sunny side of your bed whenever you're here with Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, passengers, pirates, sailors, football fans, and draft nerds, this is Roster Watch, rosterwatch.com for all of the podcasts keeping you up to date as we head right down the home stretch for this year's NFL Draft. Oh!